and it's spinning, and it's spinning. I'm not looking at the camera. I'm not. Wait, no. I'm, wait. What? What was that? <laughs> I'll look away from the camera for a second. Okay, we're live. So uh, this is the Mac and Pierce conversation. I'm, if anyone ever listens to it. Talking about just now, we're talking about how you can introduce uh, a live video. And yes. we didn't have a good way of doing that. Yeah, so, we had a whole conversation about it, but it didn't actually come up with an introduction. So, Yes, and uh, I think that's maybe the way that we're going to begin all these things. So welcome uh, to our silly show. How are you doing, Mac? I'm doing okay, Pierce. How are you doing today? Uh oh, you're lagging. See, this is going to be a problem. Am I lagging? Not anymore. Oh. You just freaked out and you're back. How's it going, Mac? It's going okay. How's it going with you, Pierce? Good. Uh, we talked before this afternoon, and uh, uh, one of the jokes I made was save it for the pod. Right. And uh, this is not a podcast because it's a Facebook Live event. But hey, you could be listening to it on audio. And if you want, that's great. Welcome yeah. to our podcast. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> welcome to a live video show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, save it for the cast, I suppose, not the pod. You know, I think you're allowed to say live video show. It's just not that much longer. So uh, one of the things that we talked about is that one of us has to monitor comments and one of us has to run software stuff. And I'm going to be monitoring comments. So this is a live show. And if you're tuning in live, you can comment down below. And if you are watching later, you missed out. You could have been commenting down below and been part of the show. Uh, so stinks to be you. <laughs> so Mac and I are going to get started and we're going to talk to each other because uh, that's one of the reasons we're doing this. Right, because uh, we don't ever talk to each other. So this is an excuse. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. We do talk to each other, but we do it in a group setting about once a week. Uh, yeah, that's weird, actually. Yeah, I talk to you every week and yet we never really talk. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. You know, one of the impetuses for this actually is uh, when we were meeting as a group of ministers, I thought uh, that one of our discussions, a lot of people would find interesting. Uh, it doesn't matter what. And I asked everyone on the chat, hey, would you guys like to do this live in front of a studio audience? And half of them said, no way. <laughs> the other half said, great. So that's one reason that we're doing this, because now we're going to have the same thing. Right. But another one was uh, at clergy meetings, especially regional clergy meetings. Randomly, Mac and I have been going to some of the same regional clergy meetings. And when we do, often some of the other ministers will say, you know, it was really funny watching the Mac and Pierce show. <laughs> I say, oh, yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> so maybe this is the Mac and Pierce show. Yeah. Well, and uh, then if, if we get good at this and we feel like we got the bandwidth for it, we should pull our, our middleest brother, Scott, into it and see what, what that does. You know, me. I think we should have him as a special guest. And, yeah, uh, okay. That way, the two of us can ask them all the questions that we've wanted to have answered for the longest time. Yeah. Especially since he's the smartest when it comes to academic nerdy stuff. He's definitely the most academic. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, I'm going to let him be the smartest when it comes to nerdy. <laughs> well, so I, I had him down here to uh, give a, a presentation just a week ago. And I did introduce him as someone who is way smarter than I am on the topic he's about to present. So... I, on the topic that he's about to Well, present. you know. <laughs> You're not going to say he's actually smart. <laughs> well, you know, there are different kinds of, of intelligence. So, Right. There's emotional intelligence, and that matters. Yes. And that, yeah. we're pastors. And then there's, like, being a professor, and that's Scott. Yeah, there we go. That's different. 
he, it was a great presentation. Actually, you know what? It'd be an interesting topic for us to, to talk about in one of these conversations sometime. But he's yes. not here right now. No, he's not. One last banter point. Um, <laughs> I went to the thrift store yesterday to buy a sweater with my wife. That's what we did on a date. Because we're sweater bad. shopping. Oh, we had a thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you ever want to know how to become a millionaire on a pastor's salary, Swift thrift store sweaters. That's going to be the title of my new band, Thrift Store Sweaters. Okay. Uh, it had the brown patches, and I felt like, oh, now I'm a professor. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know they had sweaters with built-in brown patches. So that's where I am. See, I feel uh, like I feel like you should be like adding your own patches, or it's it's sort of a. Uh, uh, all hat and no cattle situation, like they say in Texas. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a real professor. <laughs> I didn't earn those patches. I just bought them. Yeah. Whereas Scott has earned his patches. Yeah. Although what do professors do that they're wearing out their elbows particularly? <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we are both actually pastors. And uh, one yeah. of the things that we both do is preach regularly uh i have the benefit of not having an assistant or a staff or anything so i am the guy the benefit <laughs> which means that i get to preach about 48 or 50 times a year right uh, and i and have an assistant and i have a staff and i also do that because i'm an egomaniac and i love to hear myself talk right <laughs> <laughs> that's why we became pastors <laughs> Uh, no, but, uh, we were talking about, uh, what we were both preaching about and you had mentioned earlier, and I said, save it for the pod mm -hmm. that you, uh, doing a series on forgiveness. Yes. Uh, so what, what have you been, what did you tell, what did you talk about today? What was to the main topic today, for today? Today, the topic was on making amends. Uh, we looked at, uh, in the Old Testament, there's a law in Leviticus that says if you take something from your neighbor or you cheat them out of something or you find something of theirs and don't give it back, um, when you acknowledge, when you're ready to acknowledge you did wrong, you have to give it back. And then you have to give back an additional fifth, a tw like a 20% interest payment. And you also now owe uh, a sacrifice to the priesthood. And so we talked about with the kids, we talked about um, just how what it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. What, what percentage was the sacrifice or was the sacrifice? Separate? The sacrifice was a, a ram or the equivalent. Okay. Is the way it's phrased. So, Attic sacrifice and then a fractional uh, monetary. Yeah. Well, like, so with the kids, we talked about how, um, well, first we talked about what's, what it means for something to be fair and, you know, like if, if somebody knocks your ice cream out of your hand, is it fair for them to, you know, to give you a new ice cream and all that? And uh, talked about how actually it sort of makes sense to have to pay interest on something because, because when you when you take something from somebody else or deprive them of something, even if you you set things right later, um, there's still an aspect of that that you can never give back. Like the, I, th I the think economy that the time value of ice cream. Right, exactly, exactly, um, and and the the the, the future cost. Well, let's not get it too economic. So there, so that's a piece of it. But also th that this law it, um, has implicit in it the idea that when you wrong somebody else, you owe them an apology, which was another sermon I did, and you owe them restitution. But you also end up owing God something because you're 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 not just because you disobeyed one of His commands whether it's about not stealing or loving your neighbor, but 
uh, you are essentially you're you're taking away from his plan for order in the universe and for there to be goodness and uh, and that's part of the process that you go through when when you try to make amends for the the bad that you do is to recognize that it there's more than one harmed party so that was that was the starting point and no wait uh, yeah so go ahead. Just on the very natural like here we are literal sense yeah. historical. One of the things I love about Levitical laws like that is to remember that it's an ancient world and to think about what it was compared to. Right. Sort of like, well, not only is it 20%, it's only 20%. And there's no negotiation. You don't yeah. have to go to court to argue about it. There's no lawsuit. It's, okay, he did this, 20%. We're settled. Right. We've got and it could, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. And like, like David, when... Uh... When he took Uriah's wife to himself, Bathsheba, stole her, and got Uriah killed in the process, uh, and Nathan sort of gave him this hypothetical, hey, so if this rich man took this poor man's one and only little lamb and sort of laid out a, a, a metaphorical description, David's response is, oh, well, that guy should die and he should pay back fourfold. So that's 400%, not 25%, or 20%, rather. Right. Um, and that seemed like a, a perfectly reasonable judgment within that context. So, yeah, 20 percent is not a lot. Right. And uh, it'll probably present a lot, prevent a lot of blood feuds and family feuds and stuff like that. Right. Right. Because yeah. everyone, it's a preordained rule. You know, the thing about it for my kids is they hate making amends. Uh, okay. And what we kind of, my wife and I kind of joke about is we don't want to punish them but we need them to make amends. But now they associate the word amend in the same way that another kid might associate consequence or oh. punishment. Yeah, just like, I don't want to have to make amends. Yeah. <laughs> like we've ruined this wonderful word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might've ruined it today for the adults because uh, sort of got into how making amends can actually sometimes be a pretty painful thing. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I read from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous's big book during the talk where it oh describes the amends making step. And uh, the way it's framed in 12 step groups is uh, making amends means doing whatever it takes, which includes risking going to jail, uh, loss of reputation, loss of wealth. And, you know, sometimes people do things that for which making amends really does involve real sacrifice. And yeah, that's you know, hard. I think, I think that's actually something that a lot of people don't understand or appreciate about making amends. They will have done something horrible, like they were did some kind of sexual harassment thing in the past, and now right. it's been, they've brought up and it's, they've been caught. And they're like, well, I'm sorry, let me make amends. Well, if you should have gone to jail 10 years ago for the thing you did, then maybe making amends means you go to jail. Right. Yeah. Uh, or something. like. And I don't think... Uh, I think sometimes people want to make amends in a very light way. Like, how can I do the least amount possible? You're no longer angry at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so let's settle That's out not of making court. it equal or fair anymore. That's not quite making amends. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so the other part on the natural thing I wanted to ask you about yeah. was the fairness thing. Uh, I know my kids are obsessed with fairness. Mm -hmm. And I, I think all kids are. 
Yes. And one of the things that I often say is, you're right, it's not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. Too bad. Life's not fair. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a parent, I'd say nine days out of 10, that's the position I generally will take. Um, but I went into this talk knowing that, well, kids have this innate desire for fairness, which I think is coming from a good place. But it, it, it's, it, it's based in a sort of, well, a childish view of what fairness really is. But I decided, yeah. you know, I'll use that as a, as a jumping off point. You know, I'm um, going to use that as a segue to ask you about the spiritual part about this amends process. Mm -hmm. Because what I think is interesting is that people, children or childish adults, are obsessed with fairness. Almost mm -hmm. like they want an equal amount of stuff. Right. Uh, or an equal proportionate of stuff. But what the Lord cares about is justice, which really means like harmony. Yeah. So... We might think, well, I want a fair restitution of the ice cream that got knocked over. But as a dad, what I care about with looking at my kids fighting about who knocked over what ice cream, I just want harmony. I just want yeah. peace in the kingdom. Uh, so however much ice cream brings you peace and <laughs> makes you friends again and you're loving and kind, that's what I care about. Um, yeah. yeah. So what did you talk about with the grownups? Because... I don't think we're literally supposed to follow this commandment. Well, I, I think on one level we are. I mean, in that, like, as a matter of principle, it, it, if you can make amends, you should. But, yeah, there's more to it here. Um, so so I, I'll, I need to sort of telescope back because this is part five of a series I've been doing. So just give a little context. Um, this is a topic that I've preached on extensively in four different congregations now. And in fact, it's something I'm very, very slowly writing a book about. Um, well, I wonder if forgiveness is, uh, oh, I don't know, like one of the three most important things you could possibly learn. <laughs> I, I think it may be pretty pretty high up there. Well, and not only okay. does, the, yeah. Uh, forgive, that's uh, about my list. <laughs> yeah, well, so so the God's word talks a lot about it. And also, Apart from religion, it's a topic that people really care about and respond to. Like I got into it because people asked for it as a subject initially. And then the response was so huge um, that I've just I've gone deeper and deeper with it every time. And every single time. Uh, well, so there, there's the asking for forgiveness side of the, the conversation. And then there's the you are meant to forgive part of it. And every single time I get into it. Uh, I always have people afterwards come up and say, you know, that was great. And I love when you said this and I love when you said that. But what about and they always have like some edge case where maybe here's someone they don't have to forgive. Oh, like maybe this is the unforgivable sin. Right. Oh, it, yeah. Great. Right. And that wasn't. On it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's like the absurd hypothetical, like an Adolf Hitler. Uh, sometimes it's the absurd real, uh, like some politician they're currently angry about. Uh, and sometimes it's a really, you know, it's a tough case. Like what if somebody does this really horrible thing to my child? And, um, but, but one of the ones which I hear over and over again is, well, what if they don't think they've done anything that needs forgiving? Do I still need to forgive them? Oh yeah. Uh, I remember having a conversation with an adult in a previous congregation and I was talking to, the, I had been preaching about forgiveness and they wanted to meet with me mm -hmm. and they wanted to, this person to say they were sorry. Yes. And I said, well, that's good. 
but you're going to have to forgive them even if they don't. Uh-huh. They said, well, I'll forgive them once they apologize. I said, That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually saying you're going to have to let go of your anger regardless of whether or not they apologize. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, that's very, very true and very, very powerful. And there are reasons for it too. Uh, what my understanding, having run through this topic a bunch of times now, is that one of the primary reasons reasons we are commanded to forgive others is not because those people need our forgiveness. Our forgiveness doesn't do anything. Like we're not God, but well, it doesn't do anything for them. Right. It, f- forgiving the other person is good for you. Forgiving yeah. is like it's you're releasing. It's it literally means to let go. Uh, the the biblical words that mean forgive. Same idea. Well, you and, shall not bear a grudge. Right. Like, Literally, because if you imagine this weird little creature, a grudge. Or or so a stone <laughs> that you're ready to throw at somebody because yeah. drop it. <laughs> yeah, because carrying that around is causing you harm. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if the other person is seeking forgiveness or recognizes it or is even willing to accept your forgiveness. You need to let go. So flipping it around the other way, if you have wronged somebody you have now put somebody in a position in which the Lord wants them to do something that's hard for them to do. And you Mm. are easing their burden of needing to forgive you by acting contrite, by apologizing, by asking for forgiveness and by making amends. And so Uh, it's an act of charity beyond just trying to get back to zero. Yeah. It's an act of love. Right. And it's it's not just an act of love in that you're trying to give them uh, back their ice cream or make something better materially, but you're actually making it easier for them to have this spiritual good, right. which is to let go of anger. And to because, of- because when you wrong somebody, you're, you are, you're loading them down with a spiritual burden. Yeah. The, 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 the anger that they feel towards you is bad for their soul. And you played a part in helping that come into being. Yeah, you know, not to pick on my kids too much, but I see that with my kids when they fight and I'm trying to get them to reconcile and one of them is ready to say they're sorry and the other one is just keep going at it. I'm like, you're making this so hard for the poor kid who's trying to say he's sorry. Yeah. He wants to say he's sorry. If you let him, <laughs> then he can move on and then you can move on. Well, to, uh, be, to, be, to be fair to your kids, I've seen adults have the same problem. Well, yeah, that's part of why I'm picking on my kids so I don't have to pick on adults because right. yeah, they yeah. watch this video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's so that's a big part of the spiritual component of the the making amends step. Yeah, um, I love talking this about this topic in general. Oh, since I mentioned the the yeah, but do I have to? Here's um, this is something that has happened every time I've I've done this. I get all those people that say, well, what about this? What about that? And, and this just like, it blows me away every time it happens. And I should now expect it at this point going forward. But every single time it's sort of taken me by surprise where someone will come up to me either right after, but more often like during the week and, and, and say to me, sort of share with me something really horrible that has been done to them. Um, Mm. And, and and in one case it's, it's, one that I was already aware of, and others uh, found out about it sort of in response to this topic. And then 
to a person, now this doesn't mean this is true for everybody, but to all the ones I've interacted with so far, they said, and you're absolutely right. It was when I was able to forgive them that my life got better. Sure. And, and mostly the, the, the yeah buts are coming from people who haven't been wronged like these people have been wronged. Yeah. And the ones who have really suffered and have practiced this uh, have all just confirmed, yeah, this I, I've 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 used this and it's worked and it's I mean, one person said it saved my life and they're speaking somewhat metaphorically. But, you know, this actually brings up something that I wonder a lot about just in preaching. Uh, and it's related to this very yeah. point. And that is, you know, when the Lord was telling his disciples uh, his sort of last speech before his crucifixion, uh, this sort of. You know, they're walking in the Garden of Gethsemane. They've had the Holy Supper, and he's explaining to them about love and loving one another and forgiveness. And he says, now I'm telling you all of this, but you're not going to understand. Uh -huh. But I'll tell you now, so that later, after all these things have come to pass, you can think back and think, oh, that's what he was talking about. Right. And then you'll understand, but I need to tell you now. I wonder about that with a lot of our preaching or the books we read, or all yeah. the ways the Lord leads us, that often we tell people something that they're not necessarily ready to hear, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's not useful to tell them. I wonder that about that with forgiveness, with people who have not experienced something that they've really had to let go of. Yeah, You I, can I, say, hey, you got to yeah. let go, but they're not going to get it until they get it. Yeah. Yeah, until, I, I think there's definitely something to that. You know, I never understood how bad uh, you shall not steal was, like how important of a law that is, until somebody broke into my car. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, this is really bad. <laughs> I remember telling somebody, you know, stealing is really bad. And they're like, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. And right, until you've had that experience, the, 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 maybe stealing just seems like, okay, well, a loss of possessions. Well, no, there's there's a violation that happens that... Right. goes way deeper. Yeah, there's something spiritual. And I think that's true with the, any kind of evil that needs forgiving in a sense. Yeah. That well, there's a... You know, I've I've had that experience preaching. Like I've preached a thing um and this may shock people that don't preach or don't know preachers, but so you can study the word to see what it says and you can faithfully uh study it, understand it and explain it to somebody. And then afterwards, somebody will share something with you that's relevant to it, which causes you to suddenly understand it as if for the first time, even though you've just preached an intelligent sermon about it. And it's not because you don't know what you're talking about, um, but as teachers of this body of doctrine, inevitably, we're going to be touching on things that we don't have personal experience with, and we're just trusting in, in, in what the doctrine itself teaches. And... Uh, it can be very humbling to then suddenly discover, oh, that's what it meant when it said this thing, which I said it said. And yeah. it's an yeah. interesting experience. That's related to the doctrine of ultimates or something coming into fruition or reality. Right. Uh, that's where all the power is. Like when these teachings actually touch someone's life or illustrated yes. in someone's life. So it's not like we understand it because of experience. It's more like it enters deeper into our heart because of that experience. And right. so a more deep understanding, um, which is a, a shame to think that 
some people don't understand certain evils until they experience uh, your, your mic cut out there for a second. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying it's it's too bad that some people don't understand certain evil until they experience it. Yeah. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons why the Lord permits people to experience evil. Or not reason why, but one of the goods that he com brings out. Right, right, right. Because that's different. Phrase it right. Um, I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, so, so, um, what have you been teaching and preaching about lately? Well, I've been, uh, I did a series on, uh, repentance nice. right after Christmas. Uh, and part of that is part of the whole, uh, new year's resolution kind of thing. Makes sense. And part of that, we talked a lot about habits. Um, and nice. so we talked a lot about habits and repentance and it's related to this actually because, um, yeah, as you know, I recently finished the book Atomic Habits. Yeah, I've, ju I've just I've read the just the introduction to that so far. Loving it already. I love it. Uh, I also love the subject of habits. It's interesting yeah. how the heavenly doctrines talk about how we are actually creatures of habit, mm -hmm. and that ninety nine percent of what we do, although they don't give a percent number, but almost everything we do, we actually do habitually. Mm -hmm. Hard to imagine how true that is until you really begin to reflect on it. Yeah. And that only the very little things you have control over. And those little things are mostly about reflecting and then changing habits. Hmm. That's why it's useful to have the habit of saying the Lord's prayer right. or have the habit of asking for the Lord's help in forgiveness. And I was thinking about that with when trouble comes, if you have the habit of praying with your wife, and talking about forgiveness and letting go of anger and expressing gratitude on those really boring days, then if something bad, really bad happens, right? you've got that habit. And now suddenly these words that you've been saying over and over again, like the Lord's Prayer, you know, you know forgive us our debts as we forgive those our debtors, mm -hmm. uh, that those words take on new depth and meaning. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so... It's interesting just thinking about the role of habits in the practice of forgiveness and repentance. Right. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of what we were talking about. Um, but now we're moving on to just Elijah and Elisha. Okay. Uh, and I'm excited about that because they're really fun. It was a natural transition because we were doing John the Baptist and yep. repentance. Yep. Jesus and John, Elisha and Elijah. There's interesting parallels there. Exactly. Um, and so I get to talk about two ancient prophets and I love the old Testament and I love, uh, especially that part of history. So it's do you, thing. do you find that you preach more old Testament or more new Testament? I am in terrible danger of preaching almost exclusively new Testament ah. for lessons and for you to learn something, mm -hmm. but. I noticed that for children's talks, I much prefer parts of the Old Testament because I like a story. Yeah, the narrative parts, yeah. yeah and if I can tell a story, uh, the children's talk is so much easier. Um, now, some stories in the Old Testament, I don't feel comfortable telling to kids. Well, yeah. Um, but Elijah and Elisha are the good guys, and the kings are the bad guys, and so that simplifies Very things. straightforward. Yeah. 
And so today was all about how Ahab had turned to the worship of Baal. Mm -hmm. And one of the key points I was trying to get the kids to understand, and a little bit the adults, is this is not like, oh, you know, different religions, Jews, Muslims, Christians, we can learn to get along. No, no, no. Baal is not that. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't see Baal in a coexist bumper sticker fitting very no, nicely. No, no. Uh, and if you can imagine, like, the Ten Commandments, like, Muslims, Jews, Christians, we all basically agree you shouldn't steal and murder. Right. Baal's doctrine is find a poor, rich sucker, kill him, take his stuff, give part of it to Baal, and thank him for helping you find some poor sucker that yeah. you can take your stuff from. That's the doctrine according to Baal. Okay. <laughs> and that's why it's bad he started worshiping him. <laughs> and uh, the kids were like, really? <laughs> There's a God that people thought that? Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> His name's Baal. <laughs> He's really bad. Well, it's a very attractive proposition to say that there's a divine being whose plan for you is for you to get stuff any way you can. Right. I like yeah. stuff. An evil genie, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, no, we uh, talked a little bit about that. And so uh, I've set that up. So I'm looking forward to preaching about that. That'll be a, a good few weeks. Nice. And that'll carry us into uh, the Easter season. Uh, so then I'll go back to the New Testament. How long do you tend, like, what, what length series? And, and I'm apologies to anyone that gets bored by shop talk, but I'm always interested in these kinds of things. And I'm sort of struggling with this question right now with myself. What, what's a, a good length of a series for you? Uh, I think according to seasons. Okay. So I like the Christmas season. I love it. Uh, I like having a whole month of it. Yeah. I like having the Easter season. So I try to have a month of Easter. Um, and so I need to fill the space between Christmas and Easter. So I need a series that gets me to it. So this time I had a little series on re repentance and mm -hmm. then a series on Elijah and Elisha, and that'll get me to Easter. So how long? How long enough to get me to the next thing? And then after Easter, I'll have a okay. series that gets me to June 19th. And then I'll have a summer of sporadic stuff because people are out. And then I'll have a fall series, and that'll be my longest one. Sometimes that can be 16 weeks or 10. Okay. Yeah. Really, it just depends on what I'm doing. Um, but I can't preach without a series. I really don't like it at all. And I think part of that is if I'm going to preach every single Sunday in a year, pretty much, if I don't have a series, then I'm constantly running behind the wave and yeah. I'm being bowled over. Well, so you have to basically start from scratch every week. Whereas with a series, you do a lot of foundational work in the beginning that, yeah. that feeds everything else. Yeah, like this week, uh, I kind of cheated because I didn't have an adult sermon because we had Holy Supper, mm -hmm. which means I could do all the prep work for the series and have it outlined yep. for the next so many weeks. Yeah, yeah it feels now, great to get ahead. Weeks, I'm solved. But so that's how I do it. You? Do you yeah. prefer series? Absolutely prefer series in part for the reason that you give. Uh, it's a lot easier to develop in the series. Uh, second reason, I think that uh, it helps avoid a pitfall that I've seen a lot of preachers fall into um, of feeling obligated to cram in every last thing on a subject that you can because this is the one time we're talking about it. Um, and when oh. you go into series, yeah? 
I think you cut out. Were you saying um, that you have to fit everything in because it's the one topic? Right. Yeah. So so if you're only talking on like if I was going to do forgiveness this Sunday and that's it, there well, there's so much I have to say about it. It'd be easy to fall into temptation of having a super crowded 10 point sermon, which isn't mentally digestible or useful. So in a series, you can sort of lay things out step by step in an order that people can can process and use. And on top of that, um, I, I think it's good to have people have a reason to come back next week. You know, <laughs> uh, you know what, when I'm one of the signs I'm doing a series that's good is I hear people say, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to be out of town next weekend. Are you recording it? I don't want to miss it. And, you know, I, I want to create that kind of anticipation because I want people to think of church as something, you know, not just an obligation, but something they actively look forward to and and a good series can help contribute to that. All right. So I don't think we should talk about this now because I think we're running out of time. Yeah, I think we're getting close to the end tonight. I want to make sure that we talk about soon uh, the purpose of going to church. The purpose of what? Of going to church. Oh, yeah. yeah because as a preacher, I can fall into the fallacy that, oh, if it's all about the sermon. Mm-hmm. And it's not. But I just want to lay that out there and we could talk about it another time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great topic because um, it, it touches on the oh so sensitive egos of preachers uh, yes. because we have a different incentive than anyone else because it feels good. Yeah, people come show up to the thing that you're doing. And um, yeah, that'd be a great topic. Yeah. All right. Well, now we need to wrap up because right. it's late, meaning uh, my family's all in bed. And I'm the only one up. So it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Wait a minute. Nine? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, when, when do you usually wake up? Little children. And so I'm, they all just go to bed. The wife goes to bed. The world is in bed. And, and then I wake up at five in the morning. Yeah, that's when I wake too. So my will be asleep. Okay. Well, we didn't, we, we talked about, but never actually crafted an intro. We have not talked about an outro. So let's, so how do you want to end this? Well, we could use outro music, but uh, I don't have any prepared. I don't have anything live and ready to go. We could edit it in something later. Um, All right. Well, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, uh, one of the hosts, Bo Wolf of Birds with Friends, mm-hmm. all says uh, basically, um, thanks for listening, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, that kind of thing. And then he always says, and I love you. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. And it, partly he says it because his co-host finds it really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one podcast I occasionally listen to, part of their outro is one person finishing by saying, and kiss your dad square on the lips. And it's like, it always throws me every time they do it. But, you know, you know they're done when they say that. <laughs> uh, I think one that we both listen to is often ends with, uh, it's an audio podcast. And the guy says, I'll see you next time. No, you won't. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Okay. Well, but but, I can, but people can see us. So, but we can't but, see them. So, but I will see you next time. Ah, uh, yes, and I will see you next time too. Very vlog brothers. And uh, I love you, audience. And I actually love my brother too. But I'm not going to say it to him because then he'll he'll blush. <laughs> well, I know. All right. Have a good Bye. night, everybody. <laughs>